welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Tuesday, July, not, July 10th, 2018. You are looking live at six days until training camp starts. The Ravens and the Bears will be going to training camp. Lamar Jackson, Roquan Smith, how exciting. I am Will Brinson. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, the only daily NFL podcast in the entire universe. Don't listen to anything anyone else tells you. This is it. Today's show, we're going to talk about five teams who might miss the playoffs, and those teams had to have been in the playoffs last year. Joining me to do just that and to go over some NFL news, in case there was any today, there was not, he tells me. Ryan Wilson, what's going on? Hey, Wilbur. How's it going? It's good, man. I can't complain. Um, I'm hoping that by recording this all in one big file and doing the intro separately because we're recording this at night on uh, on Monday that I won't people won't be hearing my spaghetti straw breaths which would be great. Big week coming up though. Um as I understand it this week we had a yeah, Monday show had Gronk, Denzel Ward, Malik Jefferson, Roquan Smith. Today we have Ryan Wilson. As I understand it tomorrow is going to be a Brian McFadden day. We're going to get your friend, my friend Brady Quinn on the phone at some point and then we are going to uh, perhaps have an, a Madden-related rating show later in the week. But we'll keep you updated on that. You can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however else you get your podcast. Spotify is supposed to be coming soon. If you have any questions, tweet me at Will Brinson. Email me at willbrinson at gmail.com. Fantasy football questions, beer questions, whatever. I, Ryan for this podcast and very excited. So I thought that I had a random fat tire sitting in my, in my fridge. As it turns yep. out, I had a fat tire and friends fat pale ale, new Belgium collaboration with Reintgeist brewery out of Cincinnati. And this thing is, it's, it's a little bit old because I'd forgotten about it, but it is fantastic. It tastes like it's got like uh bourbony notes to a pale ale. Very rare. Uh, I'll see your, fancy hipster beer and raise you one Bud Light Lime. <laughs> You're not kidding. You have a Bud Light Lime, and I respect Without that. Without question. I, it used to be a point in my life where I was ashamed to drink Bud Light Lime in public, but now I'm at the point in my life where I embrace it. It's, it's such a perfect summertime drink, especially for people way too lazy to put the lime in the Corona, if that's even their thing, or whatever. <laughs> What's the uh, orange slice that people put the beer in? That's, the blue, that's blue Moon, but, but uh, lime, lime Corona or Lime Dos Equis. Dos Equis is another great one, but yeah. if you're way too lazy for that, and uh, you enjoy drinking a lot of beer that, <laughs> that tastes like, let's see, it, it tastes and look like yellow water. So if you're down with that and uh, it's a little hot outside, go bonkers. Uh, I, like I told you earlier, I've told you several times, I can't drink. If I want to you know, enjoy my evening, I can't drink a six-pack of, uh, of double IPAs, but I can enjoy. Well, you can. You're just not going to enjoy your morning and your kids aren't going to respect you for that. That's right. Long. But I can I can drink Bud Light Lime literally like it's water because that's pretty much what it is. And, uh, you know, I actually feel like I'm stronger after I do it. All right. Well, uh, Bud Light. Hey, look, beer is beer. I don't, I don't judge you. I got a bunch of Miller Light and Coors Light I've been drinking all week. It makes you a little skinnier, too, than those, uh, some of the pale ales. Um, I'm sure, I don't know if your listeners know this, but I know you do. What is Pete Prisco's beer of choice? Uh, Red Bull. No, his beer. Miller Lite, yes. And yet, uh, he, he's that's, a Miller Lite man. That's why, that's why Pete's so skinny. Was <laughs> <hair's> so skinny. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay, I don't want to rip on, uh, on, on Miller Lite, but I mean, if we're just judging solely on Pete, then, uh, it's not <laughs> great. And yeah, maybe it's bad for your hair. Uh, just kidding. Anyway, um, so there's a little bit of news out there today. Not a whole lot. Um, I wouldn't, today, today's, 
today's uh, today's Monday. I worked this morning. What I I don't even remember what I wrote about. Uh, Jay Cutler. Oh yeah, uh, Earl Thomas to the Cowboys could still be in the cards. Do you think that the Cowboys pull trigger on Earl Thomas? Yes or no? Sorry, I had it on mute as I was chugging my Bud Light Lime. Uh, here's what I don't understand: if it hasn't happened yet, and there was some conversation during the during the actual draft about it happening. I think uh, as the report went, the Seahawks made the phone call and the Cowboys didn't return it. So uh, unless the price has come down, Earl Thomas is going to – his contracts he's going to want a new deal. And, you know, this spring the conversation was that he wanted to be paid like a high-level safety, which is still what he is, one that's coming off injury and one that's 29 years old. But I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to pay him $11 million a year if that's what he wants. So a lot of things have to be sorted out. He makes the defense better, obviously, but for how long? And uh, at what cost? And right. the last time I talked to you, and just about every time I talk to you, we talk football. The conversation, uh, the the topic that I always bring up is that the Cowboys aren't like the Eagles and the Rams in that they've taken advantage of their quarterback on this rookie deal and made the team around him better. So if you're going to put a lot of that money in Earl Thomas, the team still isn't necessarily good enough to, to go back to the playoffs and, and consistently be good for a few more years. I think the only reason why they would might yank, might pull trigger on an Earl Thomas trade is if they can get him for like a third-round pick, he agrees or basically agrees in principle that he will stick around Dallas for a little while. He's not going to leave. And if if Jerry Jones watches the Cowboys secondary get turned into burnt toast a couple times in the preseason early on, I could see him panicking and pulling pulling trigger on the trade. But I, I said this um, – Maybe in the story I wrote about it, but it reminds me a little bit of Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. You know, people are like, well, the Lakers just have to make the trade. It's like, no, nah, just wait a year and then sign him in free agency. I mean, that's what you could do with Earl Thomas if he doesn't sign a deal with the Seahawks, cause he's gonna play. Like, he's not gonna lose the, the season and, and his opportunity at free agency. He's gonna play. And as a result, you just wait and sign him after free agency or after in free agency next year if you really want him that bad in Dallas. Uh, the other piece of notable news, Panthers. Officially sold to David Tepper that closed on it. Jerry Richardson issued a statement right out of the gates. I feel like, Jerry, maybe you could have stayed back and just not sent a statement, just just gone away. And then uh, Tina Becker, a former cheerleader who promoted, got promoted all the way to COO, was uh, resigned. We're doing resigned with air quotes because she, got, she, got, she resigned within 30 minutes of David Tepper finalizing the sale, which should tell you everything you need to know about that. Yeah, apparently that wasn't a surprise. I was expected, also in air quotes. But our buddy Joe Person, the, who uh, covers the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, he actually made an interesting point um, right after uh, Jerry Richardson's statement went onto the Panthers' website. All the things Jerry Richardson said was about owning the Panthers, was about the, the new ownership, David Tepper t- taking over. No mention of any apologies for the reason why he lost that team originally uh, mm. at, back starting in December and made official today. So – just also something to to note. Yeah, Jerry Richardson didn't need to issue a statement. And you're right, it was like, he's like, well, you know, Panthers fans are great. We loved our time with the team. See you later. It's like, um, you can't do that. He burns that. out with his uh, golf cart out of the driveway. Yeah, you can't do that, Jerry. Uh, so that's the news. Let's talk about some teams that we think will not make the playoffs in 2018 and those teams the one requirement we have for those teams is that they had to have made the playoffs last year so of the past i think it's five years it was going into last season an average of five teams that were in or out of the playoffs it's just sort of the rule of five when it comes to the nfl five new teams in the playoffs five teams that were in the playoffs the year before usually out last year it was eight ryan that is a crazy number i don't think we're going to see that same number again but 
I sort of thought when we looked at this group from last year, like looking at it last year, it was like, well, who's going to jump up and get in? You know, who amongst these teams is going to fall out? It's hard to find some teams. You and I have five each. We don't know what five teams we have between us, so we're going to go one by one. But we're going to start with the team that I'm 100% sure we both have, and not because you accidentally let it slip during the sound check, but because it's the most obvious regression candidate in modern NFL history, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, three three names I'll give you. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yes. A.J. McCarron. Josh Allen. Those are the quarterbacks for the Buffalo Bills. And Who amongst them is a starter? Yeah, for more for more than uh, a half of football, where they throw five interceptions, and who amongst them is better than Tyrod Taylor, at least for the stretch of uh, September 2018 through the end of December? Uh, if you're asking me that question, I have no idea, and I don't think I don't think there's a, a an answer. I think the answer is no, and I don't think any of those guys are going to be better. This is also a team that traded Cordy Glenn. Ostensibly the starting left tackle. They like Deion Dawkins. He played well down the stretch. He was on Pete Briscoe's breakout list. Um, they traded Cordy Glenn. They picked up Russell Bodine, who was shipped out of Cincinnati because he was terrible at center. They got Vladimir Dukasi, who has a name I never pronounced right. I think it's Dukas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Disrespectful. They, they have a group of castoffs outside of, outside of Deion Dawkins and then John Miller at the left side of the line. Well, let me ask you this. You're the offensive line. I'm sure you're getting there, but who is, Whoever the quarterback, who's he throwing the ball to? Right. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's their one. Zay Jones is their two. And that's not great. And then it gets real ugly after that. Brandon Riley, Andre Holmes, Kalen Clay, Jeremy Curley, Ray Ray McLeod, Malachi Dupree. This sounds like either we're making up names or like Grateful Dead songs. Quan Bray, <laughs> Rod Streeter, Robert Foster. Austin Prohl's on that team. His dad was great. And uh, Cam Phillips. Those are the guys per our lads on the on the depth chart at the wide receiver position. Uh, Charles Clay is a nice weapon, and LaShawn McCoy is really good. But behind that, I, I can't see this offense. And by the way, they play the, Char- the Ravens in Baltimore, the Chargers at home, the Vikings in Minnesota, and the Packers in Green Bay. I mentioned this opening stretch a bunch on this podcast. I don't see if they're one and three. They're, they did something really well because that's a, that's a brutal stretch to start the season. They're not going to play Josh Allen in that stretch, I wouldn't imagine. And then, then they get the Titans, Texans, Colts, and Patriots before the Bears and Jets heading into their bye, out of the bye, Jaguars, Dolphins, Jets, Lions, Patriots, Dolphins. I mean, so they could win some games late down the stretch. If they're a to- if they stun some people early, they could maybe make a playoff run, but there's no way this team um, is going back to the playoffs. They were, by the way, when you look at it, they were, a, uh, I think, a six-point Four, yeah, six point four expected wins last year, and somehow finished nine and seven. They outperformed their record there. The classic regression candidate. And if you were picking teams to miss the playoffs, the Bills would be an obvious team. Who, um, who you got next? Uh, Mike Rabel's Tennessee Titans. Mm. They they made some moves this offseason. I do like some of the things they did. They got Dion Lewis. Um, from from New England, I think he he's obviously a very good player. They drafted Rashawn Evans, who uh, as a Steelers homer, I really really liked. Um, they got Malcolm Butler, who wasn't good enough to play in the Super Bowl while he watched uh, the Patriots get torched up and down the field by Nick Foles of all people. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to, of course, um, Marcus Mariota, and he was up and down last season. I think some of that probably had to do with injuries that we probably didn't know about. Uh, 
presumably he's going to be healthy when he comes to training camp, but I, I haven't seen enough from him throughout his career to be convinced that he can put this team on his back when, when that needs to happen. And also they're secretly, or maybe it's not even so much a secret at this point, they're in a really good di- good division. Um, yeah. Sean Watson's going to be healthy, and that team, what, they went two games last year or something without Deshaun Watson? They would have been uh, in the playoff one, I feel like, if Deshaun hadn't gotten hurt in November. Four-win so, team without him, and, and they looked like a world-beater team with Deshaun, and that was after J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless yep. went down. So uh, I like Marcus Mariota. I don't love him, and uh, until he proves otherwise, I, I don't feel great about the prospects about the, uh, of them returning to the playoffs. I've got Tennessee on my initial list here for, for the story I'm writing and, you know, pull back the curtain or whatever. The story's going live on, on Tuesday morning. I've got Tennessee on there. I really like the Titans. So I'm hesitant. I guess I'm wondering, let me ask you this question. If I like the Titans and I think the Titans are going to be good next year and I almost think the Titans are a sleeper to win the division and, and maybe be a top team in, in the conference. Can I write the story as five teams who could miss the playoffs who were in last year and include the Titans? Because my theory, my working theory is that if I'm pick, if I'm, I'm trying to eliminate, I'm trying to take the 12 teams and work backwards and get to the five teams most likely. And I think Tennessee is more likely to miss than Jacksonville. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars missed the playoffs, if their defense takes a step back and Bortles is terrible and they have to lean on him and the offensive line isn't healthy. Like, I like Tennessee more, but it feels a little, I don't know, is it disingenuous to, if I'm going to pick the Titans to win the division later, is it disingenuous to include them now? No. I mean, you're going to change your mind 15 times between now and and October, November, December anyway. Of all the, the horrible things you've done, this doesn't even get in the top one million. <laughs> That's good. You that one. That's great to know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so I'm going with the uh, the Titans too then. The, here's my thing. I'm not sure. Like, I like Matt LaFour a lot in the sense that he's coming from a Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay offense or school of training. I, we don't know what he's going to be like. The idea of Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis combined behind a good offensive line makes a lot of sense, but it, it's a little harder to execute than simply just throwing those two guys out there. You know, you've got to feed, I don't know, the, the, those Redskins and the, um, you know, maybe, maybe it works like the Falcons offense did, but it, it's going to be hard to make it work like the Rams offense did. Taylor Lewan's holding out a little bit of a red flag there. The defense with DNP should be better. But, you know, they could be missing some pass rush up front. I like the secondary. I don't know. They're, they're just some, they, you know, this is a team. If you look at the Jaguars, they went 10 and 6 and they have an expected win loss record of 11.8. Like they should have, they were a 12 win team. And the Titans went 9 and 7, snuck into the playoffs in a bad AFC. And they were really more like, I, I think it was a, um, they were more like a seven and a half win team. So the Titans reek of a regression team, and that's my biggest concern. Even though I like them a lot in terms and of they have a new coach, we yeah, they got a new expect. coach. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You got change happening. You don't know what to expect. Not just a new coach, a, a new coach to the NFL. Like he was an assistant in Texas, but he he's never been an NFL sure. coach. He's never been. Dean Pease has been a defensive coordinator for a long time, but Lafour Lafour has never been an offensive coordinator, and Mike Vrabel's never been a head coach. And so there's a lot changing here. And we don't know exactly how it's going to pull off. And they didn't get a ton of draft picks in. You mentioned Rashawn Evans and they got, uh, Harold Landry, who we don't know if will be healthy. Um, the front seven worries me a little bit. And then I think Marcus Mariota could break out this year and be really good in this system, but he could also be not great. So I will also take the Titans. Who you got next? Uh, let's keep it in division. Ooh. 
Pete Briscoe's Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so uh, if you do the math, that means that the Texans are probably going to win the division. Uh, the Colts could go 0-16. I don't know what to make of that team. But I, I think it comes down to Blake Bortles, and that's no huge surprise. He was replacement level last year. He got a replacement level deal, making slightly more than Andy Dalton, I believe, which t- tells you a lot of things. But um, Blake Bortles wasn't the reason they lost that game in Jacksonville. Um, a couple things went wrong that were out of his hands. A couple passes were dropped down the stretch, if I recall correctly. And I thought he played relatively well. And clearly he played well in the Steelers game. He whooped up on them. And uh, the week before, that Bills game was horrible. No one played well offensively in that game. But I think if he doesn't, if he's not able to make things happen in the passing game, should Leonard Fournette and, and the running game get slowed down, then it puts a lot of pressure on that defense. And we know they're young and, and physical and fast and fantastic. But if they slip up, someone gets injured, two guys get injured, and, and they're not the team they were a year ago, just sort of steamrolls or snowballs. There's a steamroll. Steamroll works. And, and then the pressure's on, on Bortles more. And the, we've sort of seen how that movie's played out in recent years. So I'm not sold on him by any means. I was happy that he played well toward, sort of down the stretch last year. But if this team went 8-8, eight and eight, uh, I would not be surprised. Mm. See, all right, I reserve the right in my article for, for Tuesday, if you're listening to this podcast, to go with the Jaguars instead of the Titans. I only have one team from the AFC South. Um, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel, it feels risky going, betting against the Jaguars because they're legit. But you're right. Like we talk about teams that have a great defense. They can slip back and fall back and. Let's the Steelers say Col- had a much better defense and a much better – not a much better defense. Had a similar defense and a much better offense and were terrible for a two-year stretch. They went 8-8 mm. eight eight two years in a row. I mean, let's say Calais Campbell and Miles Jack get hurt. I mean, all of a sudden, Jalen Ramsey's shutting down one side of the field, and that's great. And A.J. Bowie has been playing really well, and the secondary's good. But if you can run on the Jaguars and you can get a lead and you force Blake Bortles to throw, you can beat the Jaguars. I will stay in the AFC for my other team. And this is a, I don't, I don't, I don't like this one either. I, I disagree with myself, but, um, they're a team that I think could certainly take a step back. Their, their record 10 and 6 last year, 9.9 expected win total, only an 8.5 Vegas win total for this year. And they are changing quarterbacks, upping the ceiling in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and lowering the floor by getting rid of Alex Smith. I love Patrick Mahomes. He looks incredible. Um, he, I like to liken it, Ryan Wilson, to a Alex Smith is a Honda Accord or a Toyota Camry, right? Patrick very Mahomes, reliable. very reliable, not sexy. Um, Good for 200,000 miles. Exactly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a Corvette or a Mustang. And if you want, you can picture Andy Reid driving 75 miles an hour down the highway. In both front seats. In both front seats with <laughs> top down in his Mustang, foreigner blaring. Just picture that. You'll have a better course, day. Of course. You'll have a better day. Yeah, yeah. You'll have a better day because of it. Um, they added Sammy Watkins. They got Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They got Kareem Hunt. It's hard to imagine this offense being bad, but I will say that their schedule is brutal. They start out, their first two games are on the road at the Chargers, at the Steelers. 0-2 is not off, off the table. They get the, the sexy offseason 49ers in week three at home. Then they're at the Broncos in week four. Jaguars at home in week five and at the Patriots in week six. Like, I mean, one in one, you know, one in five is not an insane record at that point. I I think the Chiefs are better than that. I I think they'll, I think they'll probably be like four and two. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, like they might lose to the Broncos and lose to the Jaguars. And if you do that and you only beat the 49ers, all of a sudden you're one and five and you're in a major hole. 
uh, a la the Chargers last year, and you've got to fight to go nine and seven. So I don't think it's crazy that we could see a. a I think the char. I think the Chiefs could be an electric, fun team to watch that somehow never fulfills what we think they are because they're even though the offense does big things at different times, Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over a little bit more than Alex Smith does. I mean, Alex Smith was good for thirty five hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, and less than ten interceptions basically every year. We don't know what Mahomes is going to give us. And he could go forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns, but he might go um, you know, thirty eight hundred, twenty and twenty, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs are struggling. And this defense, they're reworking it, and yeah, you know, I like what they've done in terms of the linebacking group with Anthony Hutchins and Reggie Ragland. They got Justin Houston there, of course, and D Ford. But I don't know that the secondary is that great, and it could. You, I, I worry that the Chiefs could be a little bit uh, porous on defense, which would be a problem. Here's my deal. I, I'm sort of shocked you're you're bringing up the Chiefs because you've been all over my home since the day he was drafted. Do you have the Chiefs on your list? Yeah, I do. Oh, wow. Alex Smith is going to have a better season than Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be close. To be honest with you, I think that we have been crapping on Alex Smith for so long <laughs> that we've sort of gotten used to it. I mean, he was drafted in 2005, and the conversation was him or, or Aaron Rodgers, and everyone knows Aaron Rodgers fell to, to the 20s. Alex Smith went first, and their career sort of diverged at that point. But uh, after he got out of San Francisco, things started coming together for him. Even towards the end of his San, San Francisco run. Um, Right up to the moment he was replaced by Colin Kaepernick, he was playing well, and then clearly everything clicked when he when he came to uh, to Kansas City. And, and don't forget, before he ended up in the Chiefs, with the Chiefs, there was he visited the Dolphins. And mm. if he had gone to Miami, his career would have been over five years ago. So uh, lucky for him, he didn't go there. Wait, Alex went, Smith visited the Dolphins? Yeah, he was walking through an airport in Miami. Um, it was, but he was traded to the Chiefs. That's right. I think it must have been uh, maybe. I don't remember, remember the details. That. I have to Google it real quick, or you can Google it. It was either the offseason before or there was some conversation about his contract expiring or something. I don't remember what it was, but he was – he visited the Dolphins. And um, don't forget, Dante Culpepper had a, had a chance to uh, – went to the Dolphins. Things went south. Drew Brees, when he was coming back after that shoulder injury from San Diego at the time, it was New Orleans and Miami that it was down to. You saw where he went. You saw how things worked out. But my point yeah. is that I think Alex Smith has been underrated for so long we don't give him enough credit. I don't know what to make of Patrick Mahomes. You sort of hit on all the points. He's wildly athletic, but we don't know if he's a good NFL quarterback. People are extremely high on him. I'm not sure why, given that we don't know anything about him. But I feel like he can struggle, like most rookie quarterbacks do. So, um, and you know, Plan B behind him is Chad Henney. So if they start one and five, are we <laughs> are we going to usher in the Chad Henney era? Mm. Um, not likely. I don't think Andy Reid would do that. I um... or not. What, uh, did you find anything on the old Alex Smith Dolphins? Now here's what I'm, oh, thank God. I was so worried. I found a report Dolphins negotiating with quarterback Alex Smith. Yeah, like I, I'd forgotten about that from 2012, which tells you okay, about my memory. Yeah. You wrote the story back in the day for CBSSports.com. I was absolutely panicked that I was the one who wrote the story and that, like, like I would have written a, cause at that point, you know, you just start to wonder about your, your general sanity and your ability to Well, when to, you write four million stories a year, it's okay to create one or two. Uh, by the way, here's, uh, so like, uh, in your story, we have, you know, people who read these stories on the website will see stuff embedded as like, you know, like links to other stories. Sure, it's tweets like, or whatever. No, no, this isn't tweets. This is like, what else is on the website? It's like, judge. Oh, gotcha. I mean, this is how long ago it was. Judge, Colin, what's next for Miami? Who lands Manning? And, uh, Prisco, Colin, Finns might be better off with Matt Moore. Kerwin, oh. Kerwin, call, Kerwin, Colin, top 30 free agents, Manning best ever. 
Wilson, where does Tebow end up? I mean, like, <laughs> 2012, oh, 2012 was a, uh, was a simpler time, man. So wait, 2012. So Tebow was drafted in 2010. And the Dolphins, I mean, the, the Broncos got rid of him as soon as, um, your buddy John Fox had run out of town. And then he went to the, he had traded to the Jets. Yep. So they must have cut him and, was that before the Eagles or the, or the Patriots gave him a tryout? I can't remember. So hey, here's, here's Pete. Here's what Pete wrote. The Dolphins should forget it now and play more. Matt Moore, that is. Or decide if Ryan Tannehill is the answer and draft him if they can. Good call, Pete, sort of. Yep. If not, maybe it's USC's Matt Barkley next year. Oof. Or maybe another passer will emerge. At this time last year, who thought Robert Griffin III would be the second overall Oof. pick? Or two years ago, Cam Newton, the top pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they, they, of course, they ended up, um, and this was, uh, this, as you pointed out in the post, was when Peyton Manning was in free agency and so he forgot about that. So like everybody's trying to work out a trade to get Alex Smith, but you know, you're getting sloppy seconds because you're not, you know, Peyton Manning's the guy out there. Yeah, I mean, Manning obviously led the, the Broncos to two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl title, then he sort of moonwalked out of there. He didn't play great the last year. He was great in 2013, I think, through 50 touchdowns. But, um, Alex Smith did pretty, pretty okay with it, with the Chiefs. He and, he and Andy Reid. I mean, certainly an upgrade from Todd Haley and, and Matt Castle. Yeah. No, it, look, he was, um, what the Chiefs got from Alex Smith was far and away well worth the two second round picks that they shipped yep. out for him. And that's going to have the better season next year. I, I don't think it wouldn't be crazy at all if it was Alex Smith. I think the Redskins are going to win. Okay. Hold on. I don't want to spoil anything, but we'll see. Um, uh, who's your, uh, who's your next team? We both have the this Chiefs. This is my last one, actually. Have you given, is that right? Have you given, Buffalo, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and KC. Okay, then I'll four. give one more, and then you can give okay. uh, your last one. Okay, I'm going to go over to the NFC, because all we've had is AFC teams so far. Surely, it's not going to be all AFC teams that we think will miss the playoffs. Some NFC teams have to miss the playoffs, and some have to make it. There's a pretty easy landing spot to find a team, Ryan. That's the NFC South. And I'm going Ooh. straight to the heartland, the team we already talked about on this podcast, the Carolina Panthers are going to miss the playoffs in 27, 2018. You know what you're like? You're like Brad Doherty when he used to cover college basketball, crapping all over the, the, the Tar Heels. What? Like, it was it was the worst thing. Thank God they moved, we should move you to NASCAR with Brad Doherty. Why are you crapping <laughs> over the, all over the hometown team? Uh, here's the thing. I'm glad the Panthers sold. It's good for the Panthers to move past the Jerry Richardson thing and get ready for 2018. I am still concerned that Norv Turner's offense – is not going to be functionally dangerous, making Cam Newton drop real deep with an offensive line that basically consists of the Khalil brothers. And one of the Khalil brothers is not great. Uh, they lost Andrew Norwell. I don't think they'll run as well. They could be great. I mean, they could have a really good offense. I, I just don't I, – I would be – nothing would surprise me with the Panthers. I think anything's on the table. I think we learned that when Cam – when Kelvin Benjamin tore his ACL and Cam Newton with basically Greg Olson and Ted Ginn – led the Panthers to a 15-1 record and, and had an MVP season behind a great running game. So it, it, nothing would surprise me with the Panthers, but Thomas Davis suspended four games. They lost Star Lotelele. They need guys to step up on the defensive line. They need guys to step up in the secondary. Luke Keekley has to stay healthy. Devin Funches has to emerge. DJ Moore has to be legit. C.J. Anderson has to run well behind a, an offensive line. And, again, I, I just have question marks about Greg Olson has to stay healthy. There's a lot of things that need to happen, and that's true for all NFL teams. But most NFL teams don't play in a division with the Saints and Falcons and, and then the Buccaneers, who maybe were considered dangerous but no longer are. Disrespectful to Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
No, those are those are good points. I can't argue those points. And actually, I was considering the uh, NFC South as to, to pick a team from the head three last. I mean, season. they're not going to get all three back there next year. That would be no. insane. I mean, it's sort of crazy to think that the Panthers and the Saints have the same record, and, and the Falcons were one game behind them with ten, uh, ten wins. Because I feel like just sort of thinking about it, that that the Falcons were probably the second best team in that division. Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I can't, can't. You're, you're not <laughs> completely well, I, Brad Doherty. Well, I mean, the, I mean, look the. I guess all three teams could make it, but the problem is you have multiple. T- I think two or three, t- two or three teams that could be dangerous in the NFC East. You have two teams that I know are dangerous in the Packers and the Vikings in the NFC North. Um, if Aaron Rodgers plays sixteen games, they'll probably make the playoffs. And then in the NFC West, you know who knows what the Forty ers are going to bring. We know the Rams are going to be tough, and then I think the Seahawks are. Sort of getting a, a bad rap being completely dismissed along, same with the Cardinals. So I wouldn't, I just think the NFC, I think, I think this year someone can win 10 games in the NFC and miss the playoffs. What can we expect from Christian McCaffrey after what I feel like was a disappointing rookie season? He caught a lot of passes. He just didn't run. Yeah, but he's a back. running back. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think something similar. I, I don't, I don't think you can be that disappointed with it, but that's why you don't take a why running. You, wait a second. This guy was the seventh overall pick and he's a, he looks like, um, he's the same size as, Cole Beasley, and we're happy that he's catching a bunch of passes out of the backfield. He got eighty. Like he got eighty, ball, 80 balls for six hundred fifty-one yards and five touchdowns. How many yards did he run for? Four hundred thirty-five. It's a problem. He needs I to mean, be. He needs to be at fifteen hundred. Would you rather have him or Tyreek Hill or um, uh, not Tyreek? Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt. It's not close. Kareem Hunt right. led the league. Well, in that's rushing. my point. Third yeah. round pick. Him or Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara. It's not close. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's so. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was a good pick. That he I, feel just, like he be, I feel like he has to do more next year. Who would you rather have him or Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Hassan, <laughs> Hassan Reddick, Derek Barnett, Malik Hooker, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, Adoree Jackson? I mean, this is, oh, those are all the guys went before, yeah, after him. right after him. Yeah, oh, okay. John Ross too, but still, like, I mean, that's the thing. Is and, and, by the way, that we talk about the Giants a lot. Dave Gettleman, when was the last time a GM drafted a running back in the top ten back to back years for different teams? Like. I mean, what, what do you do before? Uh, oh, say, right, no, Saquon. Saquon. I mean, like, yeah. I, I think Saquon could be great, but Christian McCaffrey had a good year and it was a disappointing season because he carried the ball 117 times. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I felt like he was probably a late first round pick according to the mock draft experts, us included, until like the last few weeks and he got hot. Yeah. But I mean, look, Dave Gettleman ain't reading CBS Sports mock drafts, I would hope. So he, he came to that decision on his He own. does the little typey thing fingers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're the Panthers, you need to figure out a way. To get, they didn't, I blame Mike Shula a little bit. They didn't get him in space a lot. And so I think if they can get him in space, use him. The problem was if like McCaffrey lined up in the backfield, nobody was biting on a, you know, it's like Jonathan Stewart or Chris McCaffrey. So you can't do anything with Stewart. You can at least line up CJ Anderson a little bit, maybe moving around. I think, I think North Turner will be better about incorporating Christian McCaffrey and making him more dangerous. Um, but I mean, look, he's a top 10 pick. He's, you know, needs to do better. He's lucky. That John Ross, Mike Williams, and Corey Davis were also all drafted in the top ten. Yeah, I didn't get the John Ross pick at the time. I remember you loving it. I love and, John uh, Ross. He's one healthy. Yeah, he was perfectly healthy. Turned out he was just terrible. All right, I yeah, was sipping computer. I was Here, taking a sip of my beer. So you, all right, it's, I got. I took the Panthers in the NFC. I got one more team in the NFC. Who you got? Oh, you got one more. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this team just a few moments ago, so this should come as some surprise to you. Your Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Uh, wow. I love 
Mike Zimmer. I love the defense. Love Stephon Diggs. Love Adam Thielen. Love uh, Zach, the tight end. What's his name? Zach. Uh, Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph. Sorry, Zach. Who's Zach? Oh, Zach Randolph's a basketball player, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Or, or Zach Ertz. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or Zach Braff. Um, Zach Brown Band. So, uh, what? <laughs> Zach Brown Band. No, Zach Braff from, uh, from Scrubs. I know. From Scrubs. But yeah. Zach Brown Band is a famous country star. Yeah, that I wouldn't know. Right. My neighbors wouldn't know Zach, the Zach Brown Band. Here's the thing, and it uh, comes down to, to one word, Kirby. Kirby Cousins. Wow. Uh, I talked about him earlier. Oh my God, you, talk- you have Alex Smith. This is, so we, you and I were talking about plant your fag. Yeah. Um, we were talking about doing like a plant your flag series where we come up with not bold, bold, bold predictions, but like not hot takes, but like, you know, sort of enthusiastic, uh, claims. Stand your ground on this. You one. better hold on to this idea. Alex Smith outplays Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes next year. There's yeah, one. Mine or yours? That's yours. It's a free oh, yeah, one. Absolutely. It's a free one. I, I, like right on air, you're stealing my ideas. No. I'm, I'm making sure you remember it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to plant my flag a little deeper and <laughs> I'm going to say that carefully. Uh, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to put him in the MVP conversation. That's wow. All. Alex There's Smith. There's your hot take. Um, but here's the thing. I, I like Kirby Cousins and we call him Kirby endearingly. But uh, Alex Smith had a better better year than he did last year, and I think he's going to have a better year in 2018 just because he's more consistent. Um, he's more consistent uh, on all his throws. I think he's less hesitant in the pocket, more decisive. And while Alex Smith is n- learning a new system in Washington, they didn't make the playoffs last year, so we're not talking about them for the, the purposes of this podcast. In terms of their playoff chances, we are talking about the Vikings, who did make the playoffs here. Super exciting to watch. Blown away by how well how – well, um, Kato Kalen played. What's the quarterback's name? He's now with the, the, the Broncos. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. God, I'm, I'm take, I take a few weeks off. I can't remember anyone's name. Have you been um, gone for a few weeks? I didn't notice. I was in New York City this weekend with the kids. Oh, what would you guys do? Have you ever walked across the Brooklyn Bridge? No, but that's fun. It's a fun. I'd be here. freaking out with my four-year-old. Well, don't do it with a six-year-old either. Yeah. Because uh, it's, Dad, look. Dad, look. I see water. It's like, son. Get back off from that ledge. I would have welcomed that. The problem is that uh, every their bench is probably every 400 yards. He wanted to sit on every one of them because his legs were tired. Oh, my God. So it's a mile across, a mile back or thereabouts. And uh, we got across, and we're going to go to the park, but it's a little too far from where the the bridge lets out. So we made a decision to walk back. And You would have thought that someone had had shot him in the kneecaps. He was in such a bad state. (laughs) But uh, it was nice. The weather was nice. It was fun, all that. Do you uh, try to get beer in New York? Did I try to get a beer? Yeah, did you try no try any good beer? Oh no, we stayed with the with our buddies in New Jersey. He, his wife is Portuguese and had some good Portuguese lager on Friday when we got there. But Saturday, I made him buy a twelve pack of Bud Light Lime. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, not not impressed. But anyway, the point is, uh, all that Bud Light Lime made me forget about Case Keenum. But I think Case Keenum was had a remarkable year. No one would dispute that. Um, and now he's taking his game to to Denver, and, and I think it made some sense for them to get Kirk Cousins. He's an upgrade on paper, but I don't know if he's going to fit in perfectly and immediately and make that team exactly what they were when the season ended last year. So uh, I have some questions there. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers coming back is a big deal for that division and the Packers. You know, I don't feel great about Matthew Stafford and, and Matt Patricia, the new coach in, Den- in uh, Detroit, but maybe things come together and fi- finally work out uh, uh, for, for the um for the Lions and Matthew Stafford in terms of being uh, consistently decent. But I, I'm just not sold on that offense with Kirby Cousins. I love the defense. I love the players I mentioned. I love Mike Zimmer. But I feel like he could be the sort of key to them. Not Let me put it this way. Why was it that Jay Gruden 
Why did he hate Kirk Cousins so much? I don't know. He didn't like him, though. I mean, like, they, he no. could have talked him into signing him. And, and, and that was did. after he benched Robert Griffin III, so it was, he had something to compare it to. You're right. Um, okay, well, I've got – that's a bold claim. That's going to be the headline for this podcast post I have to write. Wilson, colon, Vikings go in tank right. with Kirby. I'll be getting tweets about this for the next six months. But you know what? I'm going bolder. All right, what do you got? My team that I claim is going to miss – could miss the playoffs. I'm not saying they definitely will, but I'm saying they could. The Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, that's bold. Uh, our co- our colleague Cody Benjamin, Eagles fan, noted Eagles homer, I should say, is shooting death stairs your way. Uh, that's fine. Cody seems – he's a nice person. Here's the thing. And I even wrote on this overview, hey, now, just a second, please put those burning pitchforks down because I can I can expect people to be upset about it. Um, I don't think that the Eagles are going to miss the playoffs. They're in the uh, – to me – what is the easiest division in the NFC, right? I mean, like, we can agree that the, mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, I would rather be in the NFC East right now than the NFC or the West. AFC East. Yeah, right, 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 right. Maybe exactly. The um, but the, so Carson Wentz is coming off a torn ACL. Nick Foles. Yeah, but they have a plan B. Yeah, but Nick Foles played well down the stretch, but people forget how bad he was against the Raiders late. I mean, he, yeah, he's fair. very streaky and he could have a bad year or a bad few games to start. I think Mike Wallace is an upgrade over Torrey Smith. Uh, but that is a locker room and chemistry change for a quarterback who's coming back from an injury. Haloti Nada they brought in, but that was sort of a sign that uh, Timmy Jernigan is dealing with some back issues. And I would expect that Timmy Jernigan's back issues create a longer-term problem for him in terms of getting healthy. Alshon Jeffrey coming off shoulder surgery that he had this offseason after playing through it and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is gone. Well, well, well. How did you sneak past your mother and climb up here? Do you want to say hi to Mr. Ryan? Say hi, Mr. Ryan. Can you say hi, Mr. Ryan? All right, go see mommy, please. <laughs> That's fine. Um, that that bowl cut is fantastic. <laughs> People love his haircut. They do love his haircut. Um, cool. So anyway, but Jordan Hicks is coming back from an Achilles tear. Darren Sproles, broken arm and a torn ACL. Jason Peters coming back from an ACL injury at the age of 36. This is a lot of dudes that are coming back from injuries, and it wouldn't be totally surprising if it took them a while to really get going. When you look at their schedule, it's not easy. I mean, it's a Super Bowl champion schedule. I think you, you know, you can clearly see, he said, is it waited till like, the Falcons in week one, Buccaneers in week two is good, Colts in week three, okay, maybe it's an easier schedule than we thought, but down the stretch, it's tougher. I could Let just. Let me ask you this. Yes. Um, could you say the Jaguars are making it or missing it? I think I might go with Jaguars to miss at the end of the well, day. Well, okay. Uh, given the Jaguars and the Eels having their defense regress to replacement level, who do you feel better about offensively? The Eagles or the Jaguars? Yeah. The Eagles. Yeah, not even close. All right. But I, mean, I think the Eagles' defense could regress too. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, sure. They're both fantastic defenses, and it would be hard to match what they did last year. Yeah, I love the Eagles. I love what Howie Roseman's done. I think they're a deep team. with the, I mean, They can end up winning the freaking Super Bowl again too. Here's the biggest comp I have for you, Ryan. Two years ago, we stared at this you know, teams that made the playoffs and said, all right, who's definitely going to make it? Who's consistent enough where they're not going to struggle? It's like, well, the Cowboys have this running game and this offensive line that just won't quit. They have Dak Prescott, a young quarterback. There's no way the Cowboys are going to tumble back to earth. And they did. I mean, they fell back to nine and seven. The Eagles could go 10 and six or nine and seven and miss the playoffs if Alex Smith has an MVP type season. Let me ask you this. And I, I have to do it. I can't even do it with a straight face, but. What has to happen 
for the Patriots to miss the playoffs. I, I was going to ask you that earlier too. No, I don't. Looking at that division, it, it, a meteor that's, has to hit the, that's hit the, the facility. That's the problem. Um, Ryan Tannehill has to play like Tom Brady. And, 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 um, Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick has to win defensive rookie of the year and. So does Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's hard. If they were in any other division, I think we'd be having that discussion, but you can't have it in the AFC East. And let, I mean, and Tom Brady has to get hurt. If Tom Brady gets hurt, it could happen. Who's Brian, the up now? Brian, oh, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Yeah. You really have been gone. Yeah. Brian if Tom Hoyer Brady gets, if, if Tom Brady gets hurt, it could totally happen. He's 40. Uh, he's 40. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just thinking. Brian Hoyer led Patriots. How many team? If he plays sixteen games, how many games does that team win? Nine. Yeah. See, and who else is winning nine games in that division? Right. Exactly. That's the problem. Again, any other division, you would be willing to talk yourself into it happening. Can't do it in the AFC East. All right. So those are our teams who are going to miss the playoffs. I will be back later this week with somebody else, maybe Brian McFadden, maybe Brady Quinn, to talk about five teams who will make the playoffs after being out last year. Ryan Wilson. You can follow him at Ryan Wilson underscore O seven. You can follow me at Will Brinson. You can follow the podcast at Pick Six Pod. Thanks, buddy. You got it, brother. 